of Soccer Nation, the premier podcast for fans of NCAA women's collegiate soccer with Old Miss women's head coach Matt Mock and Rice women's head coach Brian Lee. You can download this podcast from all your favorite podcast providers. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review and tell a friend. And now, Coach Mock and Coach Lee. Well, good evening, College Soccer Nation. This is Matt Mott. We are here on a Sunday evening, excited to be with you. Uh, the season is a day away from reporting and uh, all the teams in the country showing up to their universities and getting ready to start the season. I am Matt Mott, one of the co-hosts of College Soccer Nation. Brian Lee, the big deal, is here with me right, um, right off the bat. Brian, summer's over, buddy. That's right. It's time for you to break out the Ole Miss t-shirts that have coach written on the back in huge <laughs> letters and you're back at it. Yes, yes. Coach Matt. You know, one of the things I say to my team uh, for all the new guys, I say, listen, you can call me Matt. You can call me coach. You can call me Coach Matt, but you cannot call me Coach Matt. Oh, interesting. You like that? Right. Call that that's, you know, that's for your little you know, rec team. You call him Coach Matt. You don't you call know, me Coach Matt. I don't care what they call me. They call me Brian mainly, but once in a while someone say coach, that's fine. But if, I, if I'm in the mood and someone says coach Lee, I say player Schultz. <laughs> I don't mind coach Mott. Yeah, I really don't. But anyway, um, summer's over. How was your summer? Fantastic. Loved it. It was great. Summers, you know, summer camps are hard, but uh, opposite that, recruiting it's a a good time for that good family time you know a little more free time for the coaches and and now off we go now we pay the piper yeah and you've got a couple kids that are you know been recruited being recruited in tennis and so you're running all over watching tennis tournaments and going through that process how's that been um you know i love it it's the the recruiting process stuff is really neat to see from the other side Mm -hmm. you know i i i've learned a lot um, not just from how they do it, but seeing my kids' reactions to different things, especially in this window where they can't visit schools. So yeah. when all they've got to go on is that phone call with the coach, it's a little more important than I thought it was. You know, Interesting. You know, what's, the, what's the craziest thing you've heard from either one of your kids um, being recruited? Something that, and you don't have to tell the name of school or anything like that, but something you're like, holy cow, I can't believe they just said that or sent that or... Well, anything interesting pop out? I'm mean, nothing major. I, I think it's always a little surprising in in our coaching community across the board. Division one, they don't all know the rules, so <laughs> I, I don't think anyone's breaking problem. rules on purpose. I, I legitimately think they don't know. No. That's gonna have an issue. Yeah. Um, okay, well, listen, I'm fired up. Like I, I'm ready to go, Brian. I'm ready. I wish it was Tuesday morning, tomorrow morning instead of Monday morning. Um, you know, last year at this time, I, I'm probably on this show, I said, I need another month, right? We had come off the the May NCAA tournament, and then we were, boom, right into it again in August. But now I'm ready. I'm refreshed. I'm ready to go. I'm excited for for the season to start and see what we have. You know, we have a, a very different team coming in, and we've had the same team for, you know, a couple of years here. And, and so the, the excitement of working and figuring it out and testing ourselves figure out who's best at where and how we're going to play and all this stuff. It's pretty exciting. Looking forward to it. There you go. It's really our only uh, real training block, certainly of the fall, almost of the year. You know, this little two weeks we get. Yeah. Um, 
So it's, it's interesting. Take advantage of it. But it's, you know, people can always forget. It's why we do what we do at the core of it. We really enjoy training. Let me ask you this. I'm going to ask you this question, then we're going to bring, uh, bring the, the mayor in. How do you feel about away trips during preseason? Like, you know, there used to be the international trips, but then even when I was with Auburn now, you know, almost 20 years ago, we used to go down to the beach. And they may still do that. I don't know. But used to go down to the beach, take them away, take the team away, put them in condos or put them in cabins or or whatever, um, and and get them in a real training camp environment instead of being – being on campus. So you got any opinions on that? But I mean, I think it's teach their own back in the days when you could do the international trip leading into the season. I, I took my firm and team once what a wonderful vacation and what a terrible idea. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, the memories lasted a lifetime. So did the beatings. We got the first couple of weeks of the season after we got back and we could barely move. Um, you know, so the international trip, that's just a bad idea. The the MCs, you know, I think it's a lot to do with your particular team. Uh, you know, when we have a younger team, I really just like to be at school mm-hmm. where we've got everything we need and we can maximize time on the field. I made a huge mistake. This is going back now about 10 years where I had all of our returners that had their nice, beautiful apartments and condos. I had them go all in the dorm, stay in the dorms for like the first three nights disaster absolute disaster people were leaving and then they were telling me they were leaving oh it was awful um it didn't quite hit you know sometimes you swing and you miss brian and that was a big miss but uh we did i mean karen and i used took the team to like i think it was columbus georgia one time to this like park uh or like kind of was out in kind of the woods it was like a um resort but it was like in the woods and there was a soccer field nearby that went really it actually went really well We, we were able to do a lot of fun Bonding things with them. We took them to the beach. Um, and to, when I was at Texas, we took them down to the beach in Texas uh, one time. I think it was really good. I, I agree. It, 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 some of it depends on what your team needs and how old or young they are and, and how much that kind of time you want to spend with them. But interesting. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on. Let's right. bring in the mayor. Robbie Church is with us. Robbie, you out there somewhere? I am. I am. Best time of the year, boys. My favorite, <laughs> time. My favorite time. Let's get this thing started. You know, long time in between. That's that's what's so sad about when you end up your your season ends. You all of a sudden realize it's going to be nine months before you do this again. So, yeah. um, you know, spring is what it is, but this is what we all love. And this is why we do this for so many years is starting tomorrow in our meetings and then Tuesday, of course, getting on the field. So excitement all over. It really is. It's awesome. A um, couple things I didn't say at the beginning. Sorry. Our guest tonight is super excited. About this one, we've been trying to get him actually for a while, talking about bringing him on for a while, and I think it's perfect timing, is um, we have um, the preeminent women's soccer analyst, Chris Henderson, from All White Kit. I think a lot of coaches follow him and follow his information, does a great job. He is our guest tonight, that we'll talk with him in a little bit. And then the power five is the five things we will miss about summer. So uh, that will be a fun one. But uh, no, Chris Henderson, so that's exciting. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, Robbie uh, and Brian, our t- first topic is we've had some of these 24, these 2024 uh, players committing really before August 1st. So for those of you that don't know that, listen, one of the rules is the 24 class. Now we're able to talk to them starting June 15th, but they're not allowed on campus until August 1st. And, and then um, 
you know, they can come to camps or ID camps, that kind of stuff on campus, but they can't really visit with the coaches or be recruited until August 1st. So I just find it so bizarre that there is a number of players committee. Now, if they've been there for their last, you know, they grew up around the school or something like that, and they knew they're always going to go there, fine. But for, for players to be making decisions before they visit, to me, is just kind of crazy. Like, we've pushed this back. The NCAA has helped us push this back for a reason. I don't understand why they wouldn't take their visits unless there are coaches out there just putting a ton of pressure on them. And I think that's really wrong too. So Matt, when you sent us what was going to be on the show today, I was like, what, what is this? And I, you know, there was a couple, (laughs) there was a couple of people that we had talked to early that had said, Hey, I've already made, but I didn't know. I went, you know, as, as a reference point, I just kind of pulled up top drawer and I looked at the top hundred kids and there's 10 kids. Wow. Out of out of what they list as the top hundred kids that have already made a commitment, and then you're like, well, how does this happen? I yeah. mean, how can this happen? As you mentioned earlier, obviously it's you know you think about first thing you think about is camps. They can come to camps and they can come to ID clinics and they can do all of those, but they can't. But you're not supposed to talk to the kids about right. scholarships. You're not supposed to offer. You can't offer kids scholarships during that time. And then on June 15th, when we call them, of course we can offer scholarships, and of course they can accept scholarship if if they wanted to, to at that point um i'm just I, I am blown away a little bit like you of how many kids number one have already made decisions and that was just a quick reference of you know of top tour whatever that means but i think it was a good yeah. way good place to start and then the second thing is how how did this ha- how, how can this happen and how can they this be legal but that's, um, you know, it's not for me to say. It's just, it's just a question that's that's out there. And I'm really, I'm really surprised about it. And I'm a little bit shocked of, uh, you know, I guess they just people throw out scholarships. And for us, we have to bring people in. We have to spend time with sure. them. We have to make Absolutely. Sure to, we have to make sure it's a good fit in our program. And well, I, the problem, you know, Churchy, is Brian's got five of those times. <laughs> <laughs> He's off. He, he was awful quiet over there, wasn't he? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to throw him under the bus, but since you did, okay, there we go. What do you think, Brian? Well, you know, I think every kid's situation is different. Sure. And I do think if it's a kid who's familiar with the school, maybe he's been to multiple ID camps, something like that, there could be unique situations. But I didn't realize 10 of 100 off top drawer. And there's a little lag in some of those things hitting top drawer or on top drawer as well. So it's sure. probably more like 20. Yeah. If it's already showing 10. So that's a little more extreme than I would have guessed. Um, but the majority of mistakes I've made recruiting in the last decade are when I made decisions too early. We had an ID camp this weekend and there were plenty of 2025s. Remember we used to recruit them? Yeah. I shake in my head and a bunch of good players, but they are kids. They are kids. Yeah. You know, and 24s are just coming out of that. So the, for me, the, the longer we wait, the better. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I mean, for the kids too, like they can, they get the opportunity now to take five visits as juniors. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you take that? And now again, I get it. You, if you're a top player and you know, for your entire life, you want to go to Stanford, Stanford calls and offers you a scholarship, then that makes sense. But that doesn't, that's not happening 20 times. Right. So to me, I don't, I don't agree with the early bird gets the worm in this situation. I think you should, if you're a, if you're a player and you're listening Take your time. Go to your visits. Look at the schools. If they really want you, they will have money waiting for you. There's there's no doubt about it, right? And it just makes sense to make a good decision. So now you're not coming back, you know, in your senior year going, boy, you know, I picked my first school that offered me or whatever. 
Um, it just makes a lot of sense to do your homework and, and look at the schools and you might be surprised and, and they get the opportunity to go in, meet the team, right? Meet the coaches, see the, see the team play now. And, and we've, they've made it to this point, right? Of August where they can actually come to the school and, and see really what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. You know, the thing that concerns me is is other kids looking on there and saying, oh, my gosh, yeah. they have this they have this 10, 15, 20 kids have committed. I'm behind. I got to yeah, make a decision yeah, instead yeah. of really getting educated, as you're talking about, Matt. So that concerns me. And also about coaches looking on that thing going, I don't have any I don't have my name on this list of players. I got to get our name on this list of players. And now they are starting to throw out uh, throw out offers. I just you know, the more educated you can get. And this recruiting business, I think, is the uh, is the is the best for everybody, both coaching, both universities and players. Well, and yeah, I mean, he's, ahead, com- he's committing. Yeah, I'm sure no one has told him the retention rate in the Big 12 <laughs> and the SEC is like 50 percent. So and, you know, they're rushing into decisions as well that they're regretting two months after they're on campus. Right. For sure. All right. Let's move on. I think that was good. And I think it's interesting. And. Um, it's not going to change, unfortunately, but, um, you know, hopefully people slow down a little bit. All right. So big changes in the USC and in the Herman, um, watch list. And, and, uh, we, we've made some pretty, pretty substantial, substantial, uh, changes, Brian, why you want to go ahead and talk about what we're going to do with the Herman, what the Herman watch people are going to do. Well, the, the, the Herman methodology has really stayed the same. We're just publicizing it and making sure everybody actually knows. We always get questions. How do you get on the Herman watch list? Um, And it's real simple. It's the returning All-Americans and all first team, all region kids who are returning. So that's that one. The big change is in uh, new positional watch lists that Hmm. we've finally got through the pipeline. It's something Phil Stevenson from A&M was really big on and we've been working on it for almost five years now to get it done. But the way that'll look is, is we, it'll be by position on August 5th, the goalkeepers will come out, August 9th, the defenders, August 12th, the midfielders, August 16th, the forwards. And this is all first and second all region team kids returning. So I, I wanna say it's something like 10 to 15 goalkeepers, for example. So give a lot of kids credit, get a little yeah. more uh, all encompassing recognition. Watchless. Yeah. yeah, great. I think it's great. I saw Robbie feverishly writing down notes, getting those dates. <laughs> That's great. And those those of you that have listened to this podcast for a while know I went on a rant last year about the uh, rankings. As I'm as Brian has appointed me chairman of the United Soccer Coaches Top 25 Rankings, um, and we've made some some major changes. Uh, we have eight region. We've always had eight regions. We all have eight regional committees. Um, there's a chairman at each of those eight committees. So those eight committees will come up with a, those eight regions will come up with a top 10. We will submit that on Monday. And then um, we're going to meet at the eight chairman of those regions. We'll meet, we'll go over the regional rankings and then we will vote uh, for the top 25. So the eight person regional chairman of the eight, re- the chairman of the eight regions will vote for the top 25. That's it. So we will, we hoping this will get a uh you know, legitimate top 25 ranking is really what we want. So um, we'll see. We're going to try it this year and hopefully it goes smooth. And that's what we do forever. So I can pass it on to somebody else um, in the coming years. But uh, I do think it's the right way to do it. It's how they used to do it back and they changed it a number of years ago. And now we're kind of back to that. And I, I think it'll be good. 
Question, Matt? Yeah. Matt, Matt, question on that. Will you yeah. publicize who the region chairs are? Will oh, yeah. That, will that, that information come out to all the coaches? Absolutely. Everybody knows yeah. who the region and, and yeah. the committees and who's on the committee. Yep. Committees and stuff. Will the region chair pick the committees? Will that be his yes. job to pick his, his own committee? Yes, it is. Yeah. Perfect. I think that sounds like a I think that sounds like a great idea. I think you'll have more coaches that are really committed to this. Yes. And I think you have more coaches that feel strongly about we need to get this thing right, hopefully on those committees and the in the in the chairs. And I think, you know, we can hopefully turn this thing around and get it going the right direction. Yeah. No, for sure. And, and again, the, it's going to be, it's still opinion based, but it's, there's some yeah. facts there. The call we have each week will be helpful. I think for everybody that's voting to, to get some continuity and okay, how are teams doing in different regions? So again, every, every conference in the country is representative with a person on a regional committee. So every conference has a person that will be on that committee, at least one, some have two. Um, and We'll go that way and, again, hope it's better. I, I'm sure it won't be perfect. I'm sure some people will still be pissed off. But at the end of the day, we're going to try and get it a whole lot closer. Well, so the people, the coaches listening know, the impetus of this came out of voter turnout. Right. It, it's It's been a very frustrating part of what we do when we can't get the coaches, the conference reps, to all vote each week. It's what creates the wonky poll when someone will be 17th one week win two games and 25th the next week a couple different people voted yeah is the honest answer so this will clean it up good well, job and we've had we've had in the past too where people are ranked just because of their name you know you know again i, I mentioned stanford a couple of times they think one 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 year maybe two or three years ago they that or whenever they had a struggled year and they still ranked in the top 10 they hadn't beaten anybody lost some games so anyway i think it'll clean that up too as well the kind of the name recognition okay but with that being said this is kind of fun so uh we have a preseason poll coming out on the second so august 2nd will be the usc's preseason poll which is obviously on tuesday when we start practice so you'll see a a poll out a top 25 poll out but we have i have last year's final poll and what i wanted to do with the three of us is go through the top 25 and say trending up trending this trending down or staying the same just a quick opinion based, you know, who they've lost, maybe who they've gained, what we think, all that kind of stuff. So we're going to start out. Here we go. And if they're in my conference or Robbie's conference or Brian's conference, we will not we will not respond. And if we don't want to respond, we can just say agree or whatever. OK, so, Brian, I'm not sure there's many of your league on here. So you're going to have a lot of these. Now, right. All right. Here we go. Here we, here we go. <laughs> First one out the bat. Florida State Seminoles had 25 first place votes, won the national champions championship and we're the national champions but trending? nowhere to go but down I'll, yeah. go first. I'll do that one all right BYU same thing I mean they're second right I mean they're second there's again you can only go up one spot some of these you know Rutgers I think losing some scoring power I think they're tr- they would be trending down from third yeah, I, Santa, I agree, okay. but it won't be as far as you would think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do a good job. Santa Clara. Same. They same, lost. They lost a bunch. Same thing. They've had some big losses in there, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Be but, interesting I think, how they, but just like Rutgers from Brian, I don't think, you know, Jerry does a fantastic job, so they're not going to fall off into the, the world for sure. They'll be they'll be a very good team still. Yep. All right, we'll sk- we'll skip number five. Number five is the Blue Duke. Duke oh my God, the Duke Blue Devils. <laughs> um, 
Number six, Arkansas. Lost four major players from their team. Yeah, that's Kobe's first big class. They, they have to tra- train, trend down a little. But that playing style is so much of what they're about. So, again, it won't be far. Yeah. But I, I think they'll drop off. Don't, I agree don't, with Brian. Doubt, don't doubt Coach Hale. Don't yeah. doubt him, Brian. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Robbie, go ahead. No, 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 I agree with Brian. I just I, I agree in both of you. It's about the system and the, play, and the playing style. Okay, and players will come and players will go. I think they will follow a little bit, but I think they're still going to be a very, very good team. Okay, I got a good one here. Next, number seven, University of Michigan. Trending up. Klein's doing a good job. 100% trending up. Yeah. Uh, University of Virginia. That's another one. They're eight. They are on the move. Going back up again. (laughs) Yes. Don't they have everybody back almost? Ardonias, Ardonias, they lost. Yeah. They lost Torres. They lost in the midfield. Yeah. Yep. And the goalkeeper, right? She yes. finally done. Uh, he's finally. Yep. Yeah. All right. TCU, number nine. I think they're staying about the same. Mm-hmm. To me, I think looking at them, we play them. Um, I think you know a very great program. Eric's got a program that's got stay power. That uh, every year they're going to be right there for the championship. Yeah, I, I agree. When you start to look at it, they're heavy Big 12 favorites, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. All right, South Carolina, number 10. They're just living in that area. They they just, you know, they're in the lead eight. They're pushing yes. for the final four. I mean, it's hard to say they're going down. That's getting know? on a decade. I would it call is. it right yeah. there, neutral, yeah. right there. They're yeah. always very, very consistent. I think they stay, they stay right in that same neighborhood. Yeah. Tennessee. Loaded, up. loaded up. Yeah, they got to be going up. I agree. Uh, Southern Cal, number twelve. They got they got a lot of good players. They got a lot of good players. New coaching staff will come in. Um, I still think they're going to be a fact. I think they're going to be a factor in the um, in the pack. All right, number thirteen, Pepperdine. Steady they, as they go. They are the That's yeah. They live too. Yeah, they're always very, very good. Yep. I agree. Uh, Here's a good one. University of North Carolina, number 14. Something tells me they're going to trend up. (laughs) I don't want to be the first guy to play them when uh, they're ranked number 14. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They're going way up. Here's another good one. How about UCLA at number 15? New coach. I believe they'll head up. Yeah. They're going up. They've going got up. they've got great players. They've got new coaching staff too. I think if they mesh, they're going to be a really really power house. Number sixteen, University of Notre Dame. That's an interesting one. Kind of a bounce back year for them to get themselves back in the top twenty consistently. So I'm going to say neutral to going up. Universe, or sorry, Washington. Number seventeen, Washington State University. I don't know much about – they were good last year. I don't know much about what they lost Todd, with them. Yep. Todd does a great job with that group, and they have over the last four to five years become very consistent. I think they're going to stay – I think they do have some um, a, a majority of their players back, so I think they're going to stay in that same neighborhood. Gotcha. Number 18, we will skip University of Mississippi. Uh, number 19, Xavier University, Big East. Done well last few years. 
Yeah, breakout couple seasons. I think it's really hard to keep backing that up. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I would expect him to leak down just a little. Yep. Uni- University of Memphis, number 20. Very impressed with Memphis. Um, you know, and I think, again, that's a program been consistent for most of the time over the last five years. I think they're going to stay very – I think they're going to be very similar to last year. So I think they'll yeah. be training in the same place. Southern Methodist University, SMU, new coach. Well, it, it, Ellie Nelson is back. If you listen to their old coach, this is France, <laughs> 1998, North Carolina, 1988, all, all rolled into one. Hey, they are going way, way up. I don't. I, I, I think he's insulted that they would be 21. <laughs> Georgetown University. Uh, Our buddy Dave Nolan. Oh, uh, I don't. Uh, I don't see them staying at twenty. I think they're going up. Yeah, yeah. Our buddy Dave is obviously over the last ten years has done a fantastic job with a couple Final Four. So I yeah. think they will go. I think they'll go up too. But they have had some losses. They have had yeah. some losses here. Twenty-two. They are uh, twenty-three. Here's an interesting one at twenty-three. Penn State. Way up. Way up. Yeah. Way up with that class. <laughs> yeah. Transfers that they have coming in. Yeah, up. they could compete yeah. for a national championship and probably will. I agree. Purdue University. I don't know. I think that's a hard one again. I think when you when you hit it with a big season, repeating is so hard. Yeah. And then the last but not least, twenty five is uh, Wake Forest going up. They don't yeah, sign me up for the ACC. Don't want to play those guys. <laughs> they don't want to play those guys. Wake's got some good young players. They yes, got they do. All right. Uh, that was good. Fun. Interesting. You know, very interesting. Uh, let's see here. You. The next question we have is U-20 World Cup, right? We, we've talked about this a little bit, but now the roster's out, and we've got players leaving from a number of rosters. That are going to miss now, Churchy. We're going to say they're missing four games. Yes, yeah, two games. Gonna, they're going to well with the exhibition. They're going to miss three week. If they go to the finals, they'll miss three weekends. Three three week uh, the exhibition games and then the first two weekends. Well, okay. will so, they make the final? It's going to you know it's it's going to be interesting. The rest of the world is really closing that gap. But if you look at it, this is a good team. I really think this yeah. is a really good team. And they were at they were able to add some players since we talked last. Jada Shaw's been able to add to that group. Mm. She, she scored her first professional. Yeah, player. yeah. And now yeah, she's coming so on that player. There's another quality for there's quality attacking players up and down this roster. Um, you know the defenders. The defenders can they. I, I think that's the question for me is how strong will they be in the back? How many will they play in? How many will they play in the back? But I think they're going to, again, up and down this roster, whoever they play, they're going to really be a, uh, has some great attacking players. So I think they really can. I think, th- I think this is a team that definitely can get in, you know, to the final eight, final four and win the whole thing. So I think they're going to yeah. miss a big duck of the, pre- you know, and it's, it's hard. As Brian, you said earlier, this is our big training block. I mean, they're yeah. going to come in and there's going to be no time to train. They're going to come in and we're going to be recovering and we're going to be prepping for games, for games. And, you know, and then I think the, the other big question is, you know, what are these kids going to need when they come back? How long are they going to need to recover? Yeah. You know, that's going to be an individual case too. Some of them, depending on how many minutes they play or how few minutes they played, how quickly can they get back to their teams and how quickly can they get on, can they get on the field? Because, you know, the, the secret is you want all of these kids ready in November and December. 
That's what, what you want. To go through it, Churchy. Go through what team has what players. Well, uh, how well, many? Maybe you don't have to say the name, right, but how right. many? I think you, you know. To... I think a big group is, as Brian was saying earlier. You know, you have Southern Cal, which you know we're all very impressed with, and they they, they have four players that are out. How yeah. about that? That's that's a big number. Three Canadians yeah. and and Simone Jackson, who's a really really good good players. Then you got you know these UCLA, Cal, Florida State, Virginia. North Carolina, Duke, um, all of those teams have all of those teams have two players each out. Wow! Okay? And and obviously, every one of these players are really important players. Sure, I, think a, yeah. I do think a lot of those teams. <laughs> I do think a lot of those uh, teams have depth and yeah. they can cover. And you know, this is this is about being a team. Obviously. So you are you saying is Michelle Cooper is a good player? Or she kind of helps. Yeah. yeah. And, and we're, yes, I am saying that, you know. but I, but I think again, this is where your, you know, your death comes in and this yeah. is an opportunity for other players. These people yeah, absolutely. for a big chunk of the season. Now, well, to me, I don't know about you, Brian, but to me, it sounds a lot of it's about coaching. I mean, how good are these coaches, right? Are they able to coach them up without their national team players? That's the question. I knew uh, we were going to go that way. I knew it was coming out that way. I got you. Well, I wish them all the best. Obviously, we're always pro-USA on College Soccer Nation, and we want them to, to bring home the gold. But I know, Churchy, you're hoping they don't make it out of pool play. So, <laughs> uh, um, I didn't say that. I yeah, I know. I, know. I said I it. You, I said I it. You Michelle and Karina come back with the, the world champions. Gold medal. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, I think that's it, Brian. Anything else for our boy, Churchy? No, I don't think so. Good luck right. tomorrow. Yes, yes. Have fun tomorrow, and thank good luck you. to start a preseason, Churchy. We're always yeah. cheering for Duke when we're not playing them. Yeah, well, thank you. It's, you know, as we said earlier, the best time of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, it really, you know, we talk about Christmas for the girls when they get their gear and all this stuff, yep. but it, it really is like Christmas. It's so exciting to wake up on that. Tuesday morning, I don't sleep at all. I get ready to roll. But sure. um, bringing on Chris Henderson, thoughts on uh, on Chris Henderson, all white kit. You know, oh, the, the, fantastic! The he has. Fantastic read, fantastic. He's done a great job for women's soccer. We appreciate everything that he does. And you know, I think when you want some information about women's soccer, you want some information about teams across the country, you go to Chris Henderson. So uh, I really look forward to hearing Chris. I think he'll do a fantastic job. Great. All right, Robbie, thanks so much. As always, great job. Good luck in preseason. We'll be back again. Probably won't start. We'll probably go maybe another maybe 10 days, Brian, something like that before we come back. And then once the games start, we'll start knocking them out every week. Perfect. All right. Thanks, Churchy. See you, Robbie. Thanks. Okay, Brian, we're bringing in Chris Henderson, who is really the preeminent, you know, women's soccer analyst, does a great job with, with stats and analysis and rankings and and, uh, you know, RPI information and all that kind of stuff that we all crave all season long. So, Chris, welcome to the show. Welcome to College Soccer. Thanks for spending some time with us. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah. So the first thing we always like to do, Chris, I know you've listened a little bit, is just kind of go through your path and, you know, what what got you into to what you're doing with the, with the sport and, and kind of maybe your passion behind it. And, um, you know, again, I think I speak for a lot of us coaches that we appreciate all of the time you invest in and in putting out information on, on all different le- levels of women's soccer. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like a weird and long winding path, but I, those who know me, you know, I went to the university of Georgia as, as a student. 
I, um, you know, I essentially, I kind of got started by being on campus radio and we were looking for to expand our coverage and to not just have like a talk show in studio, but also go to um, like non-revenue sports and have like live audio coverage just because it was something different. Uh, and I, I didn't really know a lot about women's soccer. I didn't know like the University of Georgia even had a women's soccer team at that point. I had been really kind of into soccer like when I was in high school, just because all my friends were on the team. And so I was like, sure, I know a lot about soccer. You know, I'll give it a try. And then, you know, you can't help but love to, you can't help but fall in love with SEC soccer. Just the passion. And, you know, I did like radio play-by-play and commentary for a couple of years. I was hooked. And then I, one summer I was looking for a job. University of Georgia puts out an advertisement to be a team manager. Uh, I got the job. I, you know, met up with Rob Thompson, who was the associate head coach with Matt at Ole Miss now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was it was it was really enlightening to see like how things work behind the scenes and you know how hard everybody worked there and lo and behold you know one night in Orange Beach basically I we're kind of talking about well you know we didn't think our players were getting enough recognition we were kind of griping about you know how can we get more media coverage of deserving players um, so I was like I, I kind of filed that away and then after you know 2008 when I finished up as a team manager I was like hey, you know, why don't I try to write blog about women's soccer just because it's something that's really, it's really kind of interesting. And then I emailed Jenna Powell, who operated the All White Kit blog for a long time. I was like, basically like, you know, can I write about women's soccer, you know, with a focus on college? And she was like, yeah, sure. Uh, and Jenna was awesome because she basically let me do whatever I want. Um, you know, and and. At a, at a certain point of time, that was like basically driving two games. Um, that kind of lasted for like three or four years. Um, and then I just got into statistics. I just got into, um, you know, putting in scores, keeping track of the RPI, fielding a lot of nervous questions from assistants, you know, late October, early November. <laughs> um, and then it's kind of snowballed into talking about the draft. I've gone to the NWSL draft a couple of times and write about that, but um, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of doing a little bit of everything, you know, at this point and trying to help grow the game in any way I can. That's great. Ryan? Yeah. Hey, Chris, uh, you, you, my opinion on your stuff is in, in our coaching community, there, there's two people. There's two types of people. Those that are hanging on every word and waiting for your stuff to pop and, and liars. So <laughs> I'm excited to have you on. Uh, and looking forward to this. Hey, can you tell everybody, you, you do that, you do like a non-conference strength of schedule and an overall strength of schedule kind of rating preseason. I think people are really interested in that. And I think the whole idea of how it leads into NCAA bids, all that kind of stuff. Can, can you talk about what, what it's composed of? Yeah, essentially what it does is it looks at the RPI finish, you know, not necessarily the rank, but kind of, you know, how many, like how many RPI points and, and, and of that nature that it comes into. So it's not necessarily a ranking of, you know, well, averaging in the rankings. It's more of like the value, mm -hmm. which is kind of averaged together. Um, and then it's basically averaged out. And you usually get a pretty good kind of grip of where everybody's at. The one thing I, I will mention with that is, you know, you don't necessarily want to, 
you know, treat it as gospel, you know, in the end, because it's only a look at, you know, the past year's results. Um, and so like last year, for example, you know, you're basically looking at the, 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 the strength, you know, in the COVID year. So it wasn't really representative. You know, this year, thankfully, is a little bit better just because you're coming off a full season in 2021. Um, but, you know, you will sometimes get coaches and Chris Thomas, who really is a statistical guru, who kind of, you know, keeps track of a lot of this. And, you know, if you don't know about Chris Thomas, you're really interested in kind of the nitty gritty of the RPI and, you know, scheduling and stuff like that. I highly recommend looking up his personal blog because he keeps track of everything, you know, not just on a week by week basis, but on a year by year basis. And I know a lot of assistants and head coaches go to him when they're looking at, you know, um, scheduling ahead. Yeah. Um, That's fantastic. That's super interesting. Yeah. So I got a question for you, Chris. Do you feel like in college women's soccer, there's a power eight, maybe power six, you know, you take the power five and then do you add in, the WCC, the the Ivy, the the West Coast Conference, or the AAC, or what do you think is the strongest group, or strongest teams to add into the Power Five? Yes. So what I generally do, like when I when I kind of divide things up in my draft classes, I have it like in three tiers: Tier A, Tier B, and Tier C. Um, tier A is kind of the traditional or conventional Power Five: ACC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, Pac twelve, and SEC. Um, but I kind of I like to scoop or, or kind of group in tier B with them as well. I think that's the Big East, the West Coast Conference, the AAC. And I kind of last year, I added in the Ivy League mm-hmm. just because you look at Harvard, you look at Princeton, um, you look at even Penn and Brown, of course. Yeah. Uh, they're as good as, you know, just about anybody in that kind of tier B, but also a lot of teams in tier A as well. So I kind of consider it a big nine at this point. Um it remains to be seen if that's going to hold together, especially with, um, you know, all of the, the kind of the movements, you know, within the conferences we're going to see over the next two or three years. Uh, but I think it's a pretty solid nine that have kind of established themselves in front of, you know, everybody else at this point. It's good. I think. Yeah. What do you think about uh, it, this realignment? stuff, Chris, and how it is very specifically to how it affects college women's soccer, you know, maybe movement of a particular team or two going somewhere that changes the dynamic. Well, I I think, and this is kind of tough, you know, just because I think, you know, it's not just women's soccer that's being affected. It is pretty much every Olympic sport. Mm -hmm. And my thought, you know, coming because I'm teaching right now at a big 10 institution is, you know, is it going to be more difficult to recruit to a place like USC and UCLA when, you know, people that are recruiting against them say, well, you know, do you want to stay on the West Coast, you know, to play your conference games or do you want to go out and play in the middle of a cornfield, you know, in October when it's like 40 to 50 degrees? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm up here, you know, at Purdue and I can tell you it's not necessarily a very fun place to play, you know, in the dead of, you know, fall when the temperatures are going down and, you know, if I'm, you know, a player that's kind of on the edge, maybe I'm a four-star player and, you know, basically a Southern California school, you know, whether in the WCC or the big West, they come to me and say, you know, why don't you stay here? You don't have to take plane flights, um, you know, all, all that often, you know, players may, may want to stay closer to home, you know, which is something that's going to be beneficial to maybe some of those smaller programs on the West coast. 
Um, the other the other thing that I think it's going to affect that I don't really like is that I think this may put a serious crimp in plans to go to the dual semester model um, because, you know, how are you going to be, how are you at USC or UCLA going to justify, you know, going out and playing like five different games in Big Ten ter- territory, you're playing one game a week, you know, how is that going to work out financially? You know, one of the things the dual semester model is being sold on is that it is, you know, it's basically going to come out to be a wash financially and, you know, that may not necessarily be the case. You know, if you go to this model where you have conferences that are being spread across the nation, and I don't think it were done necessarily. I think, you know, my position is, I think you're going to see the Big Ten potentially try to put together a pod of six teams out on the West Coast. I'm looking at Stanford, Cal, Oregon, Washington. You know, the Big Ten have not been shy about basically saying, you know, we want to, you know, get the biggest markets. You know, big markets are... Seattle, Bay Area, you want to go after Oregon with the Nike money. And I just think, you know, even if your school hasn't moved yet, you know, we may get into a position where, you know, there's going to be more movement down the line. And I think, you know, you might have to get creative with women's soccer and these other non-revenue sports to put together something that's financially responsible and that also betters the overall experience of the athletes. All right. So, I'm going to change the top. Sorry, I'm going to change the topic a little bit, Brian. Um, all right, Chris. Now I got to know who. What do people most complain about to you on when you tweet? When you is it the is it more the draft or is it more RPI or is it who who sends you the most hate mails? The parents out of where you're ranking them in the draft or is it is it the rankings? Well, after this um, week, after this week, it's probably. Um, you know, general assessments of, of players and, um, you know, probably lost about 50 followers this week, uh, <laughs> you know, with an assessment of a recent NWSL trade, uh, mm. which I thought was not very, um, was not very harsh. I could have been harsher, but, you know, my goal is not to infantilize, you know, the sport. I think, you know, women, the women that are putting this effort deserve to be talked about, you know, kind of as the same way we talk about men in, in terms of assessments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the funny thing is I, I haven't really gotten like a ton of parental hate mail. It's, you know, um, it, it's I don't I don't think, you know, I, I can probably count it on like one hand, you know, over the past decade or so, you know, and even then it's it's kind of more respectful in terms of you know, in, in terms of what they think. Yeah. Um, it's usually the people that are like the friends or hanger on hangers on like of a team, you know, the super fans that kind of take objection with it. I, you know, it's surprising that like more parents haven't kind of spoken up, but yeah, you know, it's, it's usually more draft kind of time. Sure. Um, I, I think like projections, which may come out, you know, hopefully within the next few weeks, um, you know, that, that may get a little bit of heat, but at the same time, you know, I don't think I get a lot of, I don't think I get as much criticism as some people think I might. Gotcha. Brian? Yeah. Um, NWSL or NCAA, which do you prefer? Why? What do you see as the differences as, as you're trying to do your stuff on them? Oh, NCAA, easily. Uh, and that's mostly because the games are actually on TV. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of my biggest gripes about the NWSL right now is, 
you know, with the television deal, you know, there's a game on and then like there's not another game on for two weeks. And then like there's basically like a month between games on TV right now on CBS Sports Network. And I'm like, what exactly are they airing that precludes them from putting a game on TV? Um, you know, whereas with the NCAA, I can basically go and watch five or six games, you know, on a Thursday or a Sunday. I can go into ESPN Plus or, you know, some of these other over-the-top networks. I can basically have my choice from 20 other games. So I think it's just access, um, you know, that makes it a lot easier. And I'm, I'm old enough that I remember in the old days when, you know, the NSCAA Game of the Week was basically the only thing that was on. Yeah. You know, for like pretty much up until like the postseason. And now it's, you know, the choice and the variety. And I also like it because you, you see more – you know, in terms of tactics, in terms of different styles of play in the, in the NCAA. You've got great possession teams. You know, you have teams that are more direct. I just think there's, there's, there's more there in terms of different types of, of play, and I think that that's really appealing to me, um, as opposed to, you know, the NWSL where, you know, I, I think up until, you know, maybe this year, um, you know, you would only see like one team play, try to play with three at the back. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of it is kind of, you know, you know, more similar. I just think there's more variety with, with the college game um, that makes it a little more interesting on my end. You, you see as much uh, across all, all the uh, forums as anybody. How would Colby Hale do coaching in the NWSL? <laughs> What's your guess? I just, I, I want to know. I think... You know, I, I think he would do well initially just because I don't think a lot of teams are really used to that style of play. Yeah, I think where I would question is, you know, how would he do a little bit later, maybe like after the halfway point of the first season or in the second or third season when teams have learned to adapt? I think that's one of the areas which I think where I think a lot of pro coaches are really good is that, you know, they have a plan B and a plan C and a plan D. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things I would look at Arkansas right now, one of my criticisms, you know, yes, they are. Um, he's done an amazing job, you know, with them in getting, and a lot of people don't realize like before he came there, they were really a struggling program mm-hmm. that hadn't really had a lot of history behind it. And he goes in there and he's competing for championships on a yearly basis. The one thing I would point out though, is that, there have been games in the NCAA tournament where teams have kind of dragged them out of their comfort zone. NC State, you know, the one year, a couple of years ago, I think is kind of the prime example. You know, a team that puts a, a premium on possession that dragged them out of their comfort zone and that was basically able to pull off an upset. So mm-hmm. I would be really interested to see, you know, how he would do kind of in the long term, because I think in the short term, he would be pretty successful, you know, in the pro ranks. Yep. Interesting. So, what tell, I mean, do you, do you have an opinion, Chris, of why those games aren't on CBS Sports and they're on Paramount and they're on this Twitch or whatever that thing's called? Why, why is just the NWSL hasn't negotiated a deal? Like, what, what, are, what is they it? have terrible negotiators or they had terrible negotiators when they, you know, first came up with the TV deal? I fully expect, you know, when they renegotiate their new television deal, they will have one game on a week. Yeah. Um, yeah. At the very least. Um, and I think they can spin it and basically say, well, you know, we're trying to reach people where, um, you know, that are, that are more focused, that have cut the cord, that are more online than ever. Um, but Paramount plus, 
you know, for all of the, the good things it does, you know, a lot of people complain about, well, they now they complain about, um, I think like this past weekend, some games were basically having technical difficulties. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think TV, having games on TV is, is as much a status symbol as it is, you know, an actual practicality. Sure. In these days, you can basically go to advertisers and sponsors and say, hey, we're going to have this consistent presence every week on, um, you know, whether it's cable TV or network, um, you know, and your brand is going to get out there. One of the other things that kind of irked me is that, um, you know, I think there are some teams this year that don't have a home game on television. Um, I think the rain might be the one, one of the teams there. And I'm like, you know, why isn't it in the deal that basically you can say that every home, every team is going to get a guaranteed home game. Yeah. Because if I'm them and I basically see that I'm not going to have a chance to show off my team on national TV, my stadium, you know, the efforts I've made to get into Lumen Field and, and provide a top class atmosphere, you know, I'm not very happy about that as somebody that's investing, you know, seven figures, you know, per year in the league as a team owner. Totally. Um, all right. I got a question for you, Chris. Give me so Mike Greenberg always says this. How you know bet him if you were to bet amount of money that you you wouldn't want to lose. What is your next year's final four in the NCA today before the season starts? So this is like super hard for me because one of the things I've been doing is I've been do, I've been putting together projections. I've been looking at every team in the top nine conferences and looking through. I've literally gone through every single player. Um, and kind of combing through the data and putting it together a, a new kind of new kind of system that I think provides a better representation in terms of looking at depth. And I will come at this with the caveat that I have not I, I've gone through every top 19 that has an updated roster up right now. Um, sure. So basically, you know, the teams that are absent from my projections right now are or the big guns anyway, or Santa Clara, North Carolina, UCLA, Virginia Tech, Wisconsin, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to say their names here uh, in, in terms of projections, but right. blame them for not putting the roster up. Yeah. <laughs> here are the seven teams right now from that power, from kind of the power five. And I'll talk about the team in the, in, in this, in tier B that kind of stands out in a little bit as well. I'll start out with them. Harvard. Um, you know, the one thing I will say is that they may come in underseeded because they have a nightmare of a conference schedule. They play all the toughest games on the road. Mm-hmm. But if you look up and down that team, the talent they have, um, you know, Jade Rose is probably the standout, but they have incredible talent. They have four to five star prospects all over. If you're looking for a team outside of the con- top five um, conferences that will make a run to the College Cup, they're the one this year. Mm-hmm. Seven from the top five. Um, first of all, Penn State. You know, you add Penelope Hawking, you add Cassie Hyatt, you add, um, you know, Olivia Smith. Um, In addition to the usual players, they are bringing in and they're getting Eva Alonzo back from injury as well. Uh, They're going to be a a tough out. Uh, And I think, you know, Erica Dombach just does a sensational job year to year in terms of getting them ready to play and having them, you know, peak at at the right time. Second team to look at, Florida State. Um, And I think... You know, they lose, you know, Emily Madrill, Yuji Zhao, um, Jalen Howell, obviously, and Pulisco as well. Um, that's a lot to lose. But at the same time, I, I think the fact that they're still in this conversation just shows you how strong of a team they have. Um, you know, I think the question is, how smooth is that transition going to be with Coach Brian Pensky? Yeah. Um, 
Stanford, third team I'm looking at. Uh, you know, the one the one worry I would have with them is that last year they could not finish at all. If they have a striker that finishes a 30% or better conversion rate, they will make it to the final four. Mm-hmm. Um, they are that good all over the pitch elsewhere. Fourth team, TCU. Um, incredible job in terms of building that program up. They, at, at one point, hadn't been to an NCAA tournament. Now they were a team that is looking to get to the College Cup pretty much every season. Yeah. Um, Messiah Bright, classy striker. Um you know, I think, you know, they have, they have a really good, you know, kind of back four as well. Um, I think they're going to be strong. I think they are the best team in the Big 12 by a long shot. Yeah. 15, Duke. Um, this is a team that has um, been crying out for a number nine. Michelle Cooper was exactly what they needed to be a yeah. contender. Um, they, they're just technically skilled all over the place. Great in goal. Great on defense. Um you know, Jones in midfield is incredible, going to be a, a, you know, early first round pick in the NWSL draft. They have a real chance to win the national title this year. I got Virginia. Wait, um, hold on. Let me go back to Duke real quick, Chris. Okay. We just can't have the coaches screw them up. That's, that's the biggest okay. problem with me. I'm <laughs> just kidding. All right, go ahead. Virginia, right. sorry. 16 <laughs> out of seven is Virginia. Um, I think they were so good last year and mm-hmm. they were playing without Rebecca Jarrett for most of the year. Mm-hmm. I just think she adds another dimension into what they have as an offense. You have Alexis Spanstra, Haley Hopkins, I think is going to have another big breakout, you know, another year in that system. Um, you have Samar Guidry, who is one of the most exciting players in D1. Um, she's going to be um, another player that I think is going to be a top five pick when she's in the draft. Um, Leah Godfrey, I think, is going to be the number yeah. one pick when she comes out. Um, She's fantastic. Yeah, you know, if, if you're looking for a team to kind of get behind as a neutral, get behind Virginia, they're going to be so much fun to watch this season. Yeah. My seventh, in my seventh pick, this is a team that that quite frankly shocked me in terms of where they ended up in my projections. Um, it's the Tennessee Vols, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. in my projections right now, the little system I have numerically, they are number one right now. And I, I, and I basically said, you know, it doesn't account for the ACC and the Pac-12, I think, being just a tad above the other three in the Power Five. But mm-hmm. Tennessee, I don't think a lot of people realize how much talent they have. And this is one of the things that really surprised me when Brian Penske moved to Florida State is that, you know, he is leaving a situation where he had his best chance of winning a national title. Yeah. Uh, they could still win a national title Florida State this year because, like, as I said, they're great. Sure. But. You know, Tennessee, roaming in goal, I think, is one of the top five keepers in the country. Um, you know, the player that I think a lot of people need to really recognize now is Taylor Huff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's incredible as a freshman. Just a handful to deal with. And they have just so much depth. They have a great recruiting class coming in. The big, the big question with them is, you know, is Joe Kurt, you know, going to come in and be able to, you know, lead that team to the next level? It seems like from the reactions, the players were more than thrilled with him, you know, mm-hmm. staying on and kind of, you know, being kind of that bridge towards the next era. Um, but, you know, if you're looking for a team outside of the usual suspects that are that is going to crash that party and kind of get to the final four, um, I'm going to be really interested to see how Tennessee does. I think um, I think Tennessee is going to be the best team in the SEC by a, a fair margin, yeah. you know, this year, and they are a legitimate contender for the national title, in my opinion. Awesome. 
You, Chris, you will 100% be back on College Soccer Nation at some point this season, if not a few times. That was an excellent uh, analysis of it. Yeah, yeah, Brian, you, you, had, another... you had five good minutes with Brian Lee, you know, in early days. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, I was considering like, bringing me on and calling it five bad minutes. Hey, yeah. uh, because, like, over the last week, I think, you know, people have been aiming the pitchforks at me. And yeah, that's another reason why, like, the NCAA women's soccer instead of NWSL. You know, it's more people are more forgiving with your opinions. Yeah. Baron, um, Baron you got something you want to say? It was never five minutes with Brian Lee. <laughs> it never was. Five that's the other, that's, that's kind of the other joke. You know, I'm, I'm, what I was saying is that, I, you know, before we came on the air, before they brought me in, is like, you know, I'm listening to the first three or four episodes just to get a tenor of what's going on in the podcast. Yeah. And, you know, Brian Lee, it's it's what like 12, 14 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, know, yeah. Days, but yeah. and I know I'm I know I'm long winded, but you know, <laughs> that was a surprise to me. <laughs> Brian, any more questions for Chris? Well, Chris, I had some quick hitters prepared for you, and you just answered almost them all. I think going through those teams, that was awesome. Okay, I, I will say one things. more thing in my in my tier C projections. Uh, Brian Lee's Rice Owls are number one. Oh, yeah, they are. Are. there yeah. we go. So, you send all those haters right to me, Chris. <laughs> yes. So, uh, I mean, I wanted I wanted to get that out there, uh, you know, just because I'm not. And and keep in mind, I still have some other teams to go through. So, sure. you know, we'll see if they 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 stay, you know, number one in the tier C. Um, yeah. You know, but I think I think and and you know, full credit also to, to Nikki Adams, who kind of you know pursued mm-hmm. Brian Lee and helped build that program up as well. He's at Syracuse right now, but. Um, you know, Rice with, um, you know, Delaney Schultz and, and Grace Collins, you know, this year, it's, it's uh, Grace Collins is like a cheat code, you know, you know, basically playing against conferences, USA defenses. Um, so I think, you know, Rice is, is another team. I think, you know, if you're looking for someone to support as a neutral, you're just kind of coming into this, you know, support the Rice Owls. They're going to be a really exciting. Absolutely. Season. I, I agree. That too. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I hope you're right, Chris. I hope you're right. Uh, what do you got, Brian? Anything else? No, I got nothing. That was All fantastic. Right. Chris, Chris, give us your uh, Twitter handle so we can pump it on this, and then uh, and then Darren will put it in the description as well. Yeah, sure. I am at Chris, C-H-R-I-S underscore A-W-K. Uh, I know the All White Kit blog has gone off the air, but, you know, I basically, um, I'm keeping the handle just because everybody knows what it is. Sure. Um, I will be posting on Medium as well, meet my medium.com site, you know, for things like draft board updates and, um, you know, RPI updates and stuff like that. Uh, go to wosoindependent.com. It should, I've got to change it to forward it to the 2022 schedule. That is basically where you're going to find stuff gets updated pretty much every day consistently. If you want to find out the RPI as it updates, you know, throughout each day, as we get to the end of the season, go there. Um, In my Twitter bio, I have links to the NWSL draft um, kind of boards in terms of all the stats you would want to look at um, if you're preparing for the 2023 draft, which is just around the corner. Please NWSL make the draft in January again, instead of December yes, yes. to, to cut down on my stress, to give more attention <laughs> to the players that deserve it. Um, and to less stress them out as well, just because I teach, uh, you know, some of those players as well, uh, cause they teach sport management and they don't need more stress in December when they're taking finals and all that stuff. So please move the draft to, 
January again, just because it puts more of an emphasis on the game and it makes everything better. Um, so are you saying you had Sarah, did you have Sarah Griffin as a, as a student? Is that possible? Uh, no, I didn't. I have, <laughs> okay. um, no, but I was, I was very clear in terms of, you know, I was, I feel like I was kind of on the Sarah Griffith bandwagon before last year. I think a lot of yeah. people thought she was good, but you know, if you looked at the stats and kind of what I measure, I was like, this is a player that should get, you know, drafted in the middle rounds at the very least. And she, yeah. to her credit last year, she was basically, you know, one of the most clutch goal scorers I think I've seen, you know, in the big 10 in ages. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think, Purdue, my 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 hometown now, Purdue Boilermakers. I think they're really going to miss her presence. Um, yeah, you know, scoring goals. Great player. Yeah. All right, Chris. Well, listen. Thank you so much. We will reach. I'll reach back out and get you on. You know, probably a couple of times during the season. That would be fantastic. I thought you were great. We really appreciate your time at College Soccer Nation. You know, if you're listening, you need to follow them. We all do. Um, and it's great, great information week week by week. We appreciate you coming on. Sure. Thank you again for having me on. No problem, Chris. Have a good semester. All right, Brian, that was good. He's good. Uh, he's just as he, he was what I was hoping he was going to be. And he was spot on and just he does so much work on it. It's really impressive and and helpful and needed. And it's too bad we don't have 10 of them. Yeah, right? they, 10 different guys doing it. Yeah, that would um, be but, fantastic. You know, yeah. the, the amount of time he puts into that. Do you hear him say watching five or six games on a Thursday and on a Sunday? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, that's putting awesome. it in. Yeah, and I don't, I don't disagree with NWS. How can they only have one game on every so often on CBS? I mean, luckily you can get them on Paramount and whatever, but still it's strange. All right, our Power Five. This is kind of a fun, light one for those voters out there that hammer us each week. Um, the five things you will miss most about summer. I miss a lot about the summer, man. I Me love too. Summer. Uh, who doesn't? I don't know. All right, so your number five is? All right, my number five is I got her new dog this summer. Oh, so, you know, season's cranking up. I got her little English golden retriever. Oh, you're tugging at all the hard strings out yeah. there. So, you know. Wait, English golden retriever? Is there American they, golden retriever? Uh, I didn't know it till it's basically just a white golden retriever. Oh, very nice. Right, super very cute. nice. Yeah. yeah. And I have an English bulldog. My, you I know, tell everybody, it's not American bulldog because, you know, we, you know, Mr. You know State they, Bulldog, George Bulldog, it's English. They say people resemble their dogs. Oh, absolutely. It it literally doesn't it doesn't get an hour of exercise a day. I don't <laughs> think it's perfect. Perfect for the moths. All right. My number five is what you know I'm gonna miss, Brian. What summer recruiting and ID camps. I quite enjoy the ID camps and I like our summer recruiting. It's a lot less stressful in the summer because you're not trying to rush back to your team or you know, you got you know, you get in this day and out that day, and they get to see all my buddies. You know, you included. So I'm going to miss uh, our summer recruiting because now when we go recruiting, it's very quick hitters and you're in and out. It's stressful. No, I, I totally agree. If anything, I want to extend it next summer. Could have, could have gotten even more out of yeah. uh, Seattle and San Diego. Good one. Yeah. My number four. I am going to miss the uh, summer sports on TV, main, mainly Major League Baseball, my Yankees, which are still going, but I won't watch them as close as I am now because mm-hmm. so busy. NWSL has been fantastic this year so far. And I obviously will keep it up with watching Chris's team and now Mark over at Washington Spirit. I I follow them, but it's been very interesting in the leagues. The league is tight and the race is really close and um, I've been really enjoying it. And then obviously I love Atlanta United. So we follow the MLS. Um, so again, all the summer sports and then you have, you know, you have the friendlies that are on, you have a ton of stuff to watch in the summer. I always kind of enjoy that on a, 
Saturday night. So uh, that's my number four. Oh, that's a good one. You're, okay. you're doing quite well. Thank you. You're number four. I wasn't sure uh, how you jived with summer. Yes, number four. It's right up, right up your alley. Along the same lines, my number four is uh, I'm going to miss some of the online streaming stuff. Stranger Things, Peaky Blinders. Oh, both huh? this summer. Very good. Two of my favorite. Two of my uh, favorites. I didn't go with Stranger Things, but Peaky Blinders was good. The, the offer was good too. Anyway, all right. Number th- your number three. My number three is I, I really miss this every year. The daylight savings hours. It being light later at night. Oh. So, yeah. Well, you go to bed before it's dark most of the time, don't you? No, go I don't go to bed that early, but I can be outside seven thirty at night. I can yeah, go for a stroll. Nice. get an extra jog in. I'll do it then. Yes, my number three is, um, you know, and really, it's it's kind of crazy. But kids off from school, family vacation. But we are down to we are down to one kid in the house. Will is a junior. Um, Gordon is junior. Tacey's now a freshman at Ole Miss. Dean's a senior at Ole Miss. So. We are down to one kid in the house, which is going to be very interesting. And he can drive. So I don't know how much we'll, we'll be kind of empty nest, a little crazy. But the family vacations in the summer are always very fun. I'm going to miss that if the summer rolls out. Your number, oh, you gave me a number three, right? I did. All right. My number two is obviously we've become lake people with a place at the lake. So I'm going to miss, obviously, spending time at the lake. I was up there a good bit this summer. Uh, in between camps and recruiting, and uh, I'm going to miss that because I don't see me going up there anytime soon. No, no. You, you, you're lucky you got a couple in. <laughs> yes, couple exactly. in there at the end, just in the nick of time. Yeah. Uh, all right. My number two is I'm going to miss my long summer workouts. I'd, I'd like to put oh, in a God. good two, God. two and a half hour shift in the morning. Oh, yes. Yeah. Those are done and dusted starting tomorrow. It's going to be squeeze in what you can. So, two and a half hour workout. Yeah, I, I, I got that's wrong. almost my whole week. But anyway, so two and a half hour workout consists of what? Mm, some elliptical, biking, running, and a little bit of lifting. It's not impressive. I warn my players. You know, we learn so much from our players, and I don't yeah. know if she's trying to give me advice or not. At like, hey, you're wasting all your time over there. But she's like, uh, maybe I was thirty at the time, and she said her name is Allie Park, wonderful human being, one of my uh, last farming players before I left. Said. You know, my sister is blah, 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 blah. You know, <laughs> something good in this. Yeah. And she says, as you get older, you get 90% of the effect of your workout on the first set. So just do one set and oh. keep moving. That's pretty Darren, good. You look at Darren. Darren is trimmed down. He's a workout machine in there, too. I know. Um, how many push-ups are you up to now, Brian? How many do I do a day? Yeah. And I don't do 200 in a row, but this is another great story where at least it entertains me. So we both like baseball, right? Yes. So I used to go to see the Philadelphia Phillies in Clearwater every spring training. Me and my buddies would go. We would sit on the outfield berm and watch the game on a nice sunny day. Well, we literally had maybe three years in a row. This guy from this older guy from Philadelphia was coming down for a week or two for spring training. And he'd be, he was there with his wife on the berm and he whip off his shirt and he's just ripped. And yeah. like, so finally, by year two, I say, what do you do to work out? Because you're in really good shape. He's yeah. like, well, number one, I'm a PE teacher. But um, he said, number two, I do 200 pushups a day. So from that day forward, like 20 years ago, 200 pushups a day, Matt. 
Do you go over 200 ever or, or under no, 200? No, no, no. Or exactly 200. 200. You yeah. hit 200 every day. On your knees yes. or do you do hey, real ones? Do I know? <laughs> yeah. He said on your knees or real ones. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say, hey, some of my staff has made a little fun of my form. Apparently, I might have like a shoulder thing going. Oh, so so you're going, you're going what? oh so you're going one arm now, Mr. Big Shot. Going no, no, no. I'm shots. doing them with you. They just think you're uh, playing it. So, a little off, off kilter. Yes. But really to spice it up, uh, you know, some days I'll do sets of 50. Some days I'll do, you know, sets 75 and then 50 at the end. You know, I really spice it up. But it's got to be 200. <laughs> but it has to be. Exactly You've got some neuroticism in them. There's yeah. no doubt. All right. And the number one is very easy for me. The number one thing I will miss about summer is clearly barbecuing. I a burger, ribs, something, whatever. You just know. I mean, again, we're in the season. The barbecues are all covered up, cleaned up, put away for the year, pretty much. So no barbecuing, but that is the best part for me of the summer is barbecuing with family and friends and having fun. That's right. A lot of people lose out when you stop barbecuing. That's, That's true. Good point. Poor kids. Uh, what about you? All right. My number one, uh, I'm going to miss the Euros. Football just good. came home today. Oh, I, meant to, I meant to talk about that at the beginning, yeah. Great game. It was fantastic. Really was. It was great to see England win. Um, You know, they have the women in England saw be the first to win since 1966, a major championship. It's unbelievable. If you think it really is. You know, my daughter is in London right now as we speak. Oh, how about that? She went over for a, she's on a, uh, she's in a performing group and they were um, invited to perform over in Scotland, but they flew into London, spending two days in London and then going to Scotland to perform. Nice. Um, this thing four times. Yeah. So she's there. I'm like, do you know this game? She's like, yeah, I saw a lot of signs, you know, Tace oh, isn't yeah. a big, isn't a big sports guru, but uh, she said, there's all kinds of people outside and TVs everywhere. And I'm like, I bet it's I pretty awesome. Imagine. So and the imagine with the whole tournament though, ever, yeah. the, you know, the mid, the, obviously the traditional powers, Oh, they all look great. And then, you know, maybe the Scandinavian teams take a little step back. But Austria, good yeah. team. Belgium, good team. It's going to make World Cup super interesting. Oh, it's super and interesting. the Olympics. I would not yeah. want to be sitting in black coat seat. Yeah, no doubt. And then last thing I'll say, and we'll, get, we'll wrap this up, but my girl Rafa, captain Brazil to the, uh, the Copa American final, won the championship, proud of her. Um, what a career she's had, and she's killing it. And, you know, as our leading scorer, all-time leading scorer here until CC broke her mark. She did it in three years, and now she's center back for Brazil. So what's that tell you? <laughs> Although Rachel Daly's playing outside back for England. Kelly O'Hara. He's used to He's a pretty good Kelly, outside yeah, back. Yeah, absolutely. So, All right, let's wrap this up. So our five, Ryan, you're five. Go, five, four, three, two, one. All right, I'm going to miss my dog, the English white golden puppy. Uh, summer streaming, Stranger Things, Peaky Blinders. I'm missing daylight hours, long workouts, and I'm going to miss football coming home. Okay. Football coming home. Oh, God. My five, summer recruiting ID camps, summer sports, baseball, NWCL, MLS, uh, family vacation with the kids from school, spending time at the lake, and barbecuing. Voters, let us know what you think. All right. What are you looking forward to this week, Brian? I think it's pretty easy. I think it's pretty easy, isn't it? Yeah, it it's time. Meetings, really. Yeah. Get to the second when practice starts. Yeah. It's going to be fantastic. Tomorrow's good, though, to see them. They're all back. Finally get to see them. I mean, I've seen them since, you know, the players. We haven't, they've been in and out a little bit this summer, but all of them together, finally back together. It's 
Nice to see him. So looking forward to that and looking forward to getting going Tuesday morning. Well, listen, good luck to the Rice Hours, the top team in Tier C. I like that. I don't <laughs> yeah, that's, know what uh, is, but yeah, I like it. You know, uh, I always think for that, it, that's like being king of the dipshits. Do you remember that movie? <laughs> 16 yeah. Candles? Totally. Yeah. Anthony Michael's like, well, I'm uh, like king of the dipshits. Yeah. So. Our winner recruit sells you. You know, you're in my top three. You're third. <laughs> that is so true yeah, yeah no doubt all right thanks darren for producing this it's been a good show thanks chris henderson for coming on i thought he's fantastic we will catch back up with him certainly as the season rolls on good luck to everybody that's a coach that's listening on preseason hope you stay healthy get your season kicked off right unless you're playing the Ole Miss rebels uh or, or maybe the rice owls but uh good luck to everybody i enjoyed the show again thanks darren dgm productions college soccer nation is out